The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome to the Roto World Basketball Show. It is November 1st, a.k.a. Movember. I didn't get the message, neither did the gentleman. We all got beers, it's looking like here, but that's okay. We still have a month to go. Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports is back. Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports is hanging out with us as well, and I am Vaughn Delzell. This is the Roto World Basketball Show, and gentlemen, it has finally happened. James Harden has been traded, and now we get to break down what's going to look like with the Clippers, his fantasy value, and more so. Rath, I'll let you do the honors, break down the trade, and uh, let us know what you're thinking. Yeah, it happened early Tuesday morning. Um, headed to L.A., James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Philip Petrusev. Uh, Philadelphia will receive Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, Kenny Martin Jr., Marcus Morris, a protected 2026 first-round pick via Oklahoma City, and second-round picks in 2024 and 2029. Oklahoma City... Uh, Sam Presti, you know, where there's draft picks to be acquired. He's in it. Um, they've got a 2027 first. Uh, it'll be a pick swap with the Clippers that they can execute then. So, yeah, technically a three-team deal, but obviously big news. James Harden headed back to L.A., um, Artesia High's finest, I guess. Yeah, he seemed pretty excited to be there. I saw him uh, already highlights him meeting his teammates in the locker room. Everyone looked somewhat excited or happy to see him, except for Terrence Mann because he's like, man – there go my minutes. Uh, Dan, <laughs> what did you think about the trade in general? Did you think a team won, whether it was the Clippers, the Sixers, or I guess the Thunder? I mean, on paper, the, the Clippers obviously won. I'm just wondering how's that going to plan? How's that going to pan out over the course of this season? I think regular season's great news because this just raises the floor for the Clippers, a team that historically has missed a lot of games between their superstars and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, James Harden's a regular season player. Like that, the dude plays when he's healthy and um, I think it definitely is going to be an impact to Russell Westbrook and a few others, which we can talk about the fancy impacts long term of both of these teams and the moves. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a good deal, you know, for both sides. The Sixers cleared a lot of cap space, which was definitely a priority for them. Um, they entered. I mean, they just grabbed like every power forward you could imagine in the NBA, it seems like. Um, so R.I.P. Paul Reed at this point. But, um, yeah, I think it's a good deal for both sides. They got what they wanted. Um, Philly gets the flexibility and they get off, you know, a disgruntled player while the Clippers uh, raise their floor a little bit by getting an, an all, a former all-star in James Harden. And for the Clippers, looks like the uh, anticipated lineup is going to be James Harden, Paul George, 
uh, Terrence Mann, Kawhi, and Zubak, as some reports. Raph, do you think potentially someone else could slip, slip in there? I know Norman Powell's off the bench. He's the sixth man. Russell Westbrook, probably better off on the bench, I'd agree. Uh, and P.J. Tucker as well getting traded. So you think that lineup is solidified? I don't necessarily agree that Russ would be better off the bench. Um, and I say that because of pace. I think they've been playing a lot faster with Russ running the show um, with that first unit. And I think they need to play faster. Um, you can bring James off the bench, that second unit. Now, obviously, you're going to be asking guys to sacrifice a bit from an ego standpoint. You never know how that's going to go. Um, you can tell them, well, your way hasn't worked because neither none of you guys have a ring right now. But on the flip side, it's like <laughs> you get a lot of guys like I'm all in for the team as long as I get to do it my way, that that kind of like unspoken asterisk, so to speak. So I'm interested to see how it all works out. I still don't think they're anywhere. They're, they're much closer to Denver than they were before the trade. I think Philadelphia, for me personally, I think they may be the bigger winner just because of what it does for Tyrese Maxey. Um, I've been on the bandwagon preseason, summer, all that. I think he's going to be outstanding for them. I think, if anything, they're going to regret not paying him before the uh, the deadline um, because he's going to cost a lot more if he <laughs> plays at a level that a lot of us expect him to when he goes into free agency next summer. Yeah, I, I cannot wait to see what Tyrese Maxey does this season. Uh, I did want to pull up his odds on uh, most improved player because I feel like he's he's going to be in that conversation now. Um, he was going to be regardless, but now he's certainly going to be in there now that he gets to be a full-time starter. Um, I will note the Clippers have the number one defensive rating in the NBA right now. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts with Mr. James Harden in town. Dan, some fantasy winners, losers in this trade? Uh, fantasy winner, I think Raph hit on it. It's definitely Tyrese Maxey. I have him as a top 30 guy for the rest of the season. Um, obviously Eastern conference player of the week, 36 and six over the first week of basketball. I think it's only going to be on the rise for this guy. Um, I think a, a loser for the Sixers side is, is definitely Paul Reed. looks like Kelly Oubre is going to be starting right now. Um, at, while the rest of the trade pieces continue to get integrated into the system, could be a revolving door power forward. Like Nick nurse has a ton of options right now, but Pay attention to that rotation because Nick Nurse definitely locks in on players. So um, it could be Kelly Oubre in the starting lineup going forward. Um, I think this just gives more depth to the Philadelphia squad. Um, on the flip side, I think Russell Westbrook certainly going to be impacted with James Harden's arrival. Um, but Russell Westbrook has been solid off the bench in his career in 66 games. Average 15 points, five rebounds, five assists. That's still fan fantasy viable. Um, I just don't know, as, as Raph pointed out, what is this going to do to the whole chemistry of the Los Angeles Clippers now that you have another ball-dominant guy that's kind of slowing up the pace? So um, Russell Westbrook's been a solid fantasy basketball player to date. Um, so I, I hope that he can still maintain some value here, but uh, he's definitely going to be impacted. I think also probably the biggest loser on the Clippers side is Norman Powell. Now that Westbrook is probably going to be coming off the bench, um, Powell becomes like the seventh man, and he really was just a, a points guy before that and uh i feel like it's going to get even less usage now that you have a, now another ball dominant guy going to that second unit so um he's definitely a loser of this deal as well and i throw out one other name um i think tobias harris is actually a winner in this that's one less oh, yeah. he just moves up the totem pole in terms of mm -hmm. his usage right now that james harden's out of the way um he came up with the fourth option last year now he's like the third 
He's been a top 30 fantasy player through the first week. I don't know if that's going to hold, but he's definitely going to exceed his ADP, which is well outside the top 80 this year. We could expect Tobias Harris probably to bring down a few more rebounds. Uh, his usage will be a little higher, obviously, but yeah, yeah. nothing that he's not familiar with. Uh, from last season, in my opinion, a little bit. But we have a lot to talk about today because there's a lot of injuries. Of course, we got back-to-back conversations with the scheduling, uh, which I really want to hit on. But before we do that, Rath, who goes farther in the postseason, Clippers or Sixers? Hmm. (laughs) I'm going to say Philly uh, just because I think – there's a gap between themselves, Milwaukee and Boston and the rest of the East. I don't see that kind of gap for the Clippers. I think it's Denver clearly ahead of everyone else. And you've got like four or five different teams in the West behind them. And I think that can be a bit of a dogfight you know, in the first round of the playoffs. So I think I'm going to go Philadelphia. Dan, how about you? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with the Clippers. I think that now that you have this all-star squad, they're going to be better in the regular season. Probably have a better record than they have in years past because they have more healthier guys. And I think that that's going to bode well for them once they get to the postseason. Um, one thing that we haven't seen is a healthy Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in the postseason. Both of them have balled out in respective times individually. So now that I think that there's a couple more bodies there to kind of help them weather the storm, this is going to be a problem once it comes to the postseason if they can all stay healthy. And that's a huge if, huge if. So we're Assuming that all things are equal, I think the Clippers have a higher ceiling than the Sixers do with their current construct. Rath, you look like you want to say something about what Dan was saying. No, no, because it would just devolve into me saying something along the lines of we're talking about the Clippers here. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. a bunch of non-performers for sure. Not not so much with like this current cast of players, but like the history of the franchise. Like, come on, man. Respect, but the question, but the question was, you're asking who gets further. I'm not saying they win the championship, but the, I, I didn't. I'm not. Oh, no, I know. Oh, I know. I, I'm just saying, like that franchise may need to move into their new arena in Inglewood before they actually <laughs> like get something done. To be honest, the, with the you. ghost I mean, of yeah. uh, Sterling is still haunting them. <laughs> it, it, it might be. Yeah. It really might yeah. be. I, I, I legit need to see the Lakers and Clippers in the playoffs, first or second round. Yeah, I think that would be what we need to see now. But Rath, I'm with you. I'm breaking the tie. I'm going Sixers all day. Even though I'm a Pennsylvania guy, it's nothing to do with that. I agree with you with the Eastern Conference. It's a little easier to make some moves. The Celtics, not a great bench right now. And the Bucks still figuring out their chemistry uh, as they start the season. So uh, before we get to the injury news, everybody, make sure you check us out on Amazon Music. You go to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com backslash NBC sports. It's really that simple. So go check that out. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. 
Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Out. Let's talk about a few teams. Um, one, I watched the Suns and the Spurs. Guess who li- live bet the Spurs and thought they had a losing bet? This guy. No, <laughs> Kevin Durant, knock on a box off Victor Wembanyama. Then he gets stripped. Spurs get the dub. Phoenix really probably missing Devin Booker, Bradley Bill. Foot and back injury for the two. Uh, without a timeline right now, of course, Cavs and Knicks uh, played a few nights ago. Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, those guys dealing with injuries too. So. A lot going on in the NBA right now. Dan, I'll lead off with you this time. Uh, where do you want to go with injuries and potential fantasy targets? Uh, fantasy target, I'm definitely getting concerned about the Phoenix Suns situation. Both Bradley Beal and Devin Booker without timetables for their return. Devin Booker's injury, it's weird. They were saying it was a toe injury, but then they said Frank Vogel mentioned ankle. So I'm a little bit confused about where, where that stands, but... If this is the Desmond Bain issue that happened last year, what started out as a day-to-day thing became weeks and eventually something that he needed surgery on. So it's definitely something that's that's a bit concerning without much information about how he's progressing. I will say that he did get interviewed by the TNT staff last night, and he said it's a day-to-day thing and you know it's continuing to progress. So I guess hearing it from Devin Booker himself, I guess that leaves a little bit of optimism, but I'll be rushing to pick up Eric Gordon, and I never thought that I would say that in 2023, <laughs> 2024, but that – that's just the case, man. Like he's the next man up. There's not a lot of guards there and he can provide you a good source of scoring threes. We'll give you a little bit of assist low end, but you know, he can, he's capable of four or five with a steal in there. And uh, he's going to have a lot of usage here as potentially the second scoring option with Kevin Durant. So uh, I definitely like picking up Eric Gordon in this situation. And maybe even Josh Akogi gets a little bit more run as a streamable guy, depending on the uh, schedule. Um, that the way the scheduling is laid out for the Phoenix Suns. If you bet the Phoenix Suns over win total, do me a favor, rip the ticket up right now. <laughs> All right. They're going through some problems, but you know, I don't hate Eric Gordon. The fact that you said Eric Gordon, it can be the second leading scorer for them. This timetable, this time period, that is troublesome. It's uh, very troublesome. Who, I'm, wet. Who else I'm, gonna I'm, look I'm at sweating, though? man. <laughs> Josh Koji, um, Jordan Goodwin, Grayson Allen. I, I got, think, yeah. I would have to go Grayson Allen. And the reason why I say that is the upcoming schedule. Uh, they play the Spurs again on Thursday. Then they have a Saturday, Sunday back-to-back. Um, maybe Eric Gordon can play all three of those games that we've seen him have injury issues in the past, specifically the knees. So that may be the one thing that gives you some pause on picking him up. He's more widely rostered, and you certainly understand that. But I think people may want to look a bit, a bit deeper at like a Grayson Allen or even a Jordan Goodwin. Uh, just because of the lack of playmakers that they have right now, especially with Booker and Beal out. Those guys who are a bit younger don't have the medical histories of an Eric Gordon, so maybe they're worth a look to towards the end of this week. Yeah, Grayson Allen certainly having two really good back-to-back games. Had 19 points, seven boards, three assists, five field goals, all three-pointers made. Um, And actually, interesting point about him, he has 13 made shots on the season. Ten of those are three-pointers. Uh, so that is the way to approach Grayson Allen. If you need three pointers, he's not a bad pickup at all. Uh, let's talk about Cleveland a little bit, Dan, because Darius Garland, 
He's out. Donovan Mitchell played on Tuesday. Don't know if he's going to play the back-to-back with the Knicks. We'll get to that a little later in the show. And then Karis LeVert also dealing with some hammy issues. Uh, anybody on Cleveland you're looking at picking up going down that bench? Yeah, 33% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, Mr. Isaac Okoro. This guy came into the league as a defensive stopper, but he's added some offensive um, ability to his game. He's knocking down threes. Um, he's averaging just under 13 points per game. Um, I think I, I like the minutes. That's the, the main thing I'm chasing right now. And with Karis LeVert, he would have been the option. He's, you know, a little bit over 50% rostered right now. But with, with him battling this hamstring injury, as well as Donovan Mitchell, who just came back, but, you know, he could be a sit candidate for, you know, any back-to-back situations or three games in four nights. Um, and obviously Darius Garland's still out. So I think Isaac Okoro is going to be an early winner here as long as he continues to get these minutes. He's averaging, you know, close to 30. So I, I think that this is a pretty safe pickup to stream for at least the time being. Yeah, four straight games with 10-plus points and six-plus rebounds for Isaac Okoro. That's all you really can ask for from a guy like him right now. Such a young age. Wrath, any opinion on Cleveland? Um, and I, of course, we haven't even talked about possibly the biggest injury news, which is Darren Fox with a spri- sprained right ankle. Um, so talk a little bit about Cleveland and if you want to hop into Sacramento, too. Yeah, I think Dan pretty much hit on it with Cleveland. I don't see anyone else that's like rosterable in terms of guys who are widely available. Um, George Yang's minutes have been a bit disappointing for me um, in terms of not just the production, but how many minutes he's getting or not getting. So I think you leave him alone right now. But. Yeah, it's basically a coral. Um, moving on to Sacramento, that's an interesting situation because Davion Mitchell, when he's been a fill-in starter, really hasn't offered much. He's not a very good shooter. Um, the defensive stats, I don't think they're enough to make up for the lack of scoring. Um, if anything, if you have someone like, say, a Keegan Murray rostered, maybe he gets more usage in these coming games here. Um, but in terms of picking someone up, in a deep league, pick up Davion Mitchell, but I don't think it's something that you absolutely have to do. Any love for Malik Monk, Chris Duarte, Dan? Yeah, those yeah. guys. Right? Yeah, definitely got love for Malik Monk. I would prioritize him over Davion Mitchell because, as Raf mm-hmm. said, um, Davion Mitchell just hasn't done much in the opportunities that he's had. It's like 10 points and like four assists per game. Uh, one person that I think actually gets more minutes when uh, De'Aaron Fox misses games is Kevin Herter. He's actually only 49% rostered. He's a person you could also look at. You know, obviously you know what you know what he's good for. Three pointers, a uh, little sneaky dimes in there. Um, but he gets a lot of minutes with with Mike Brown. And I don't know if you guys saw that video of Mike Brown absolutely losing <laughs> losing his <laughs> mind in practice the other day. I feel like they're gonna be playing some inspired basketball. So um, yeah, hmm. I'd probably be looking at Kevin Herter and uh, Malik Monk the most. Both guys are under 50% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Yeah, I like both. Of both those guys uh, can knock down the triples, which is very important there for Sacramento Kings basketball. Uh, but they were embarrassed uh, the other night against the Warriors. So hoping that they turn around, and look a lot better, at least in the first half. You could tell what I'm betting on. All right, Rath. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Brooklyn. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, ankle. Nick Claxton, ankle. Cam Johnson, calf. Uh, ben Simmons, healthy, though. Uh, where are you going balling. with the Nets? <laughs> in balling, yes. Yeah, it, it's a funny situation there because I think the guys that you would pinpoint as like the targets to add have blown up to a point where you can't really find them. Like Cam Thomas, he's like, what, 85% rostered right now? He's been on okay. fire. I think if you have him as a top 20 player, like we'll get into the buy low and sell high later, but 
He's somebody, if you have him, you got on that bandwagon early. You might want to kick the tires and seeing what you can potentially get for him if you have a good roster otherwise. Because I don't think he's going to play at this level all season. Um, I don't know if Jock Vaughn is the most comfortable with it. He seems to be a bit better with Cam Thomas's scoring outburst this year than he was last year. But, yeah, I don't know, man. It, there's only so much you get to do when you really don't play much defense. But in terms of like a, a pickup, I don't know, maybe a Royce O'Neal. Like, we've seen Dorian Finney-Smith start with Nick Claxton down. They've gone small. Maybe you go with him, but I don't know. He really hasn't given a whole lot in terms of production. So, at best, Dorian Finney-Smith, but not really too thrilled about the options right now in standard leagues. Yeah, the Nets are definitely scaring me in fans. I don't know who I'd want there. Except I guess Ben Simmons would be the guy, Dan. Like you said, he's balling right now. Uh, we do got to give him some kudos because we were talking some decent smack. I was talking heavy. I was talking heavy, <laughs> and I'm I'm eating crow right now because this man is actually playing really well. Um, I was just actually looking at his ranking, man. Like I I wasn't expecting him to make this kind of impact. Like dude is 39th in per game value right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh sorry, 39th in points leagues, um, around 50 in in, in head to head leagues, which is crazy. Like, but he's been efficient, so. You know, when you're getting 10 rebounds and, and eight assists, like that's going to that's gonna be huge for fantasy. Yeah, certainly. I mean, he's he's been impressed. We'll see how long this lasts for Ben Simmons. But do you have anybody uh, worth targeting in Brooklyn or are you just passing on all their fantasy uh, players in general? Um, I actually like Dorian Finney-Smith, kind of to the same tune of Isaac Okoro. He hits threes. He's hitting four threes in the last two games, two, game, um, two threes in the game prior to that. He's good for six rebounds. Um, I think you can expect double-digit points, and I think you'll get occasional steals because they're running small. Maybe you can get a, sh- a shot of some blocks in there too. But it's more about the schedule for Brooklyn that I'm attracted by. They got three games to close out the week and then four games going into the next week. Now, they are on the heavier slates, but um, if you have a roster spot available, I think Dorian Finney-Smith is actually going to be pretty valuable now that Nick Claxton's already been ruled out ahead of, what, four games, and then you have uh, Spencer Dinwiddie also down. So they're just looking for bodies at this point. And 30 minutes, I'll take it. Yeah, he could certainly provide 30 minutes for you with with all those injuries piling up for the Nets. There's been a lot in the NBA so far. I should have mentioned Lonnie Walker the fourth, though. Like he's someone else, you know, who's widely available that could be be an option, especially if you need some three pointers. I think he can provide some value there. So. Yeah, he's got two games under his belt so far, 19 and 14 points. Got a couple boards and assists in the last game. So definitely someone worth keeping on the radar. Someone I didn't expect to hear uh, for fantasy. But that's why you got Rath and Dan here, man. They're keeping you guys above water all season long. And uh, if you need to talk about football, well, I'll keep you above water. Because Sunday Night Football on NBC, it's going to be a good one, boys. Two of the best NFL quarterbacks in the league face off on Sunday night. Don't miss out on Josh Allen and the Bills facing off against Joe Burrow and the Bengals in Cincinnati. Coverage of the AFC Clash begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. I'll probably have a bet in that game, but I'm rolling with the Carolina Panthers again this week, and I'm going to the Steelers game, boys, so let's go. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Wow, that yeah. is some- Gross betting, man. Yeah, yeah, but that's how we get paid, baby. That's how we exactly, get paid. Exactly, exactly. All right. We got a lot of buy low, sell high candidates going into the week two of the NBA season. We also have a lot of scheduled talk to talk about. Um, I want to dig into that super hard because I got some problems with the NBA. But first, let's start with some buy low, sell high candidates. Rath, I'll start with you. Who's on your radar? Um, in terms of sell high, I already mentioned one of the guys, Cam Thomas. Um, mm-hmm. As good as he's been, I don't see him being a top 20 player all season long. Maybe top 100, you know, but maybe I'm selling him short. But I think right now would be a good time if he can find, you know, someone who's willing to to pay a bit more because they're panicked about their own roster. Maybe you consider that. Um, we mentioned this guy earlier, Kelly Oubre. Um, that fifth starter in Philadelphia. I don't know. He's been good thus far, but I don't know if moving into the starting lineup is going to give him the fancy boost that some may expect just because he's starting. Um, Because now you're on the floor more with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxis. So maybe he holds steady. I think he's another guy you want to consider, you know, making a move on if you have him rostered. And the third guy is actually questionable for tonight's game, Jalen Duren up in Detroit. He's been outstanding thus far. Um, I think he's averaging like 15 rebounds a game, something like that. <laughs> Shooting 80% from the field, some ridiculous number. I think he's going to be good all year, but when you talk about a guy who's like that top 25, top 30 range, I don't know if he'll be able to sustain that. So I think if you have him, he's another guy you might want to consider seeing what you can get on par with that kind of current value. Through four games, Jalen Duran has more rebounds than Nikola Jokic, Evan Mobley, Luka Doncic, Julius Randle, and Clint Capella. I would say sell high if you can. You might be able to get a lot for him, and Cam Thomas has the third most points per game in the NBA so far. So definitely like those, those two looks, Wrath. Dan, I'll ask you this one. Is Desmond Bain a guy worth considering selling high on before John Moran comes back? Because he's having a really good start. And who are some of your guys on your radar? Um, first of all, y'all are crazy for selling Jalen Duran. This is a, this breakout <laughs> is for real. I don't know what y'all are talking it's here, about. He's here to stay. He is here to stay, man. The Pistons are terrible. They I didn't say he wasn't. They miss a lot of I'm, shots. 
This man is yeah. going to be a. I mean, I don't know how hot. It's not top twenty. Not top twenty. See, that, that's what I'm. <laughs> but top fifty, you're still gonna sell a top fifty. Top sixty. Top sixty. I'll give you top. 60. I'd consider it. I would consider <laughs> it for the right price. I'd rather have Jalen Dern than Walker Kessler right now. Fair. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. fair. Yeah. And especially at cost. So that's the other thing. Is like where you got Dern you're probably going to get a, a win from where you trade him anyway yeah. because he's playing so mm-hmm. high above expectation. Uh, you might be able to sneak in there and grab somebody that is a buy low. Um, Desmond Bain, would I sell him? Nah, nah. Like, uh, nah. He's just too good. And even when John Morant comes back, like he's already been a top 30 guy with Morant in the lineup. So mm-hmm. I'm not worried about Bain, um, you know, regressing or falling falling to earth or anything like that. Like he's he's the real deal. And that's why, you know, fancy managers are paying the third round draft capital, uh, sometimes second round for him because he's that good. Um, buy lows for me, Pascal Siakam has been hot garbage. Um, I think he's a guy <laughs> that you could definitely get right now. I mean, he's shooting like 32% from the field. And I, I feel like it's partially because it's the new head coach. And, you know, he's been very adamant about this is uh, uh, Rajakovic. He's been very adamant yeah. about spreading the ball around and, it's been great for Scotty Barnes, but you know, Pascal Siakam's definitely someone that's been affected by this. I think he'll write the ship at some point. He's paying playing for a contract. Um, and it doesn't look like Toronto wants to pay him. So maybe he'll play better to, you know, potentially get some more suitors on the trade market. Um, so I'd expect him to be a lot better. Um, another player that I'm I want to get your guys' take on is Paolo Bancaro. At first, I was like, ooh, this is great. He's not really forcing the issue. He might be a little, he might be more efficient this year, and the Magic are playing better. But this dude is struggling right now offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, the rebounds are there, the assists are there, but he just can't find his shot. He doesn't look aggressive. Um, is that somebody you would want to buy low on? Because at at cost, you know, this is a top 60, top 70 guy in terms of ADP, but right now he's outside of the top, you know, 250. Mm-hmm. So is that a guy you'd be interested in buying low on? Yeah, he, he's not going to be that bad uh, throughout the course of the season. So I think I would – that's definitely a good call on the buy low guy. Um, when I looked at the rankings, I didn't get that far down. He's hiding down there, man. I, like, I, knew he was, I knew he was bad, but I didn't look – you know, I didn't look that far down the list. So, yeah, I think if you can get him mm-hmm. – yeah, that's, that's, one that's of a solid one. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead Rath. I was gonna, I'll go ahead, I was gonna say just quickly the uh, those two, Ben Caro and Siakam, they gotta get better. Like they, their shooting yeah. has to fall into form. Like Siakam's not gonna play his first 111 minutes of the season and score 44 points. Like that's right. insane. Right. Mm-hmm. That's insane. So yeah. I think what would you the... be looking to get for him, Rath? What would you be looking to do with Paulo? Um. I think I would aim for that, that top 70 to top 80 range in terms of a player I'd get back because I feel like that's what Bancaro can be at his height. Um, I don't know if he can be much higher than that. You know, turnovers are a concern for me. But I think – I don't think – you're not going to be aiming for like a top 50 guy because most people are going to laugh at you like you're insane. But I think that 70 to 80 range, you may be able to get someone back in that area uh, for Paolo Bancaro. So Jalen Duran, <laughs> you do it. Dur- See, <laughs> would you do that? Would you do that, Rob? I would do that. I, my whole point was I don't see him being a top twenty player. Like, I can see him being like that's a realistic 50, deal. That's 60. a realistic trade, though. I yeah, think that's a fair trade. Yeah. But like 
top 20 that's that was my whole point in having him as a sell high like it, he is a, I, I feel you <laughs> so so Paulo had 20 points seven boards four assists half block and a steal last year and you're willing to sell that for Duran through his first four games this season yeah yeah yeah, I think that that's a fair yeah. deal. Like, if you're looking to sell Duran, I think that that's an attainable, like, get in return. Based on how like bad Tallow's been. I'll put it like this. It's easier for us to find a 20-point score than a 15-per-game rebounder. Yeah. Very that's nice. why I would do it. Point take. Yeah, that's, that's a solid point. I mean, there's only two, three guys in the NBA right now that are averaging that through three or four games. So, mm-hmm. makes a lot of point. I like that. Uh <laughs> It's an interesting conversation. I'm glad you brought the Siakam stuff to me, Dan, because uh, yeah. yeah, now I got a player prop better to, to attack. There so you thank you for that. Yeah. Who else? What? Who else stinks right now, guys? Come on. Yeah, yeah. I was going to throw out a couple other names, man. Lamella Ball is weirdly on a minutes cap, and yeah. people are probably panicking about him too, being that he's a first round pick and he's, you know, not playing that well. Um, I'm scared of Charlotte's offense. It's disgusting, but at the same time, it's Lamella Ball, right? So once that minutes cap gets lifted. I feel like that's a great opportunity to get a guy that um, isn't playing very well. I think he's right now, you know, he's outside the top 100. Similarly, Trey Young, um, not playing well, shooting horribly, but Trey's used to doing that, but he's still putting up pretty good numbers. But if people are just looking straight at the value, I would take some flyers, man. Go go try to get Trey because he's only going to get better too. Love that. Rath, any more, anybody else you want to point out like uh, Brandon Miller? I think he's playing well. That that's a good that's a good call there. He's he's played well so far. Um, I don't think I would sell him though, and the reason why Dan kind of touched on it. That's a bad team. Like Mm -hmm. we get to the trade deadline, even before that, I wouldn't be shocked if he's easily playing thirty two, thirty three minutes per game because you know Gordon Hayward's had his medical issues in the past. Who knows what's going to happen with Miles Bridges? I mean, I would hold on. I would hold Brandon Miller just because you don't expect him to continue to play as well as he has to start this season. But the circumstances, I think, make it good, make him a solid hold candidate right now. Um, what I would say is Cade Cunningham is a buy low guy. I would consider that. He's outside the top 150 uh, percentages, wow. turnovers. Turnovers. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest issue right there with him. Um, maybe part of it is that not having Monte Morris, you know, I know Killian Hayes played well in the preseason and has been adequate, but to not have that solid, you know, backup point guard kind of take some of the playmaking responsibilities off Kate's shoulders. Maybe that's impacting the turnover numbers a bit, but I think he's someone else to consider as a buy low guy right now. Yeah, I was wondering when we were going to have the Kate Cunningham conversation because he has been complete hit or miss so so far through four mm-hmm. games this year. I mean, a game of thirty and nine, a twenty five and ten, and then he had a twelve and six, seventeen and five, and yeah, shooting percentages down, turnovers five or more in three straight games. Atrocious. That's like what him and Wemby, man, they just can't take mm-hmm. care of the ball, um, and it's mm-hmm. it's tanking their fantasy value. But I think if you have the right roster build where you don't really care about turnovers, I have a couple teams like that. I think Raph's exactly right. Like you got to go get Cade Cunningham and all these people mm-hmm. that are are being over. Um, they're being penalized by this this high turnover rate, but otherwise their stats are, are decent. Um, just want to go back to Brandon Miller. This is like my 
you know, coming back to Jesus moment of like, I, I got to reflect and, and say sorry for this. Cause like I wasn't <laughs> high on Brandon Miller and thank you Raph before the, my, my rankings locked preseason. I moved him up out of that 200 range up until mm -hmm. like the one thirties, but this dude's been nasty. Like he's fourth in the league in points off the bench right now. And I don't know if he can sustain shooting 47% from the field, but like he's a no. knockdown three point shooter. Mm -hmm. He hasn't really done much for stocks, but he's getting to the line three times a game. So like efficiency wise, he's helping you out. And um, I think that's only more opportunity going forward. He's already getting 30 minutes. Gordon Hayward's either going to get traded or hurt, as Raph said. So if anything, I would be holding and actually be interested in buying Brandon Miller right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, like I said, he was my dark horse for rookie of the year. Obviously, Wemby's a you know front runner. Chet's got to be there and then Scoot too. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep hitting the horn. I think Brandon Miller is going to be, you know, an Ingram, a Durant type player. Like he has all the tools to be put together. Uh, defensively, we'll just see what he's made of, but he won't continue shooting 47%, but I think he'll, he could hit 40% uh, in his rookie season. We'll see what happens there with him. Um, let me ask you this two rookies, because my brother called me yesterday, FaceTime me. He did a $200, uh, those card, the deck cards, you know, where you get rookies and everything. He oh, got yeah. Asar Thompson and Brandon Miller. So he was like, basically head over heels, happy. What do you think about Thompson so far to start the season and also Wemby? Because we talked about him a little bit, but now that we've seen one week of Victor Wemby what do you like about him or what don't you like about him? Rath, I'll start with you. Wemby's overrated. No, I'm just playing. I, I really, I, 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 I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I, I just wanted to see if we can liven things up a bit, but I think – <laughs> I think he's off to a fine start. You know, as Dan mentioned, the turnovers are a bit high, but you expect that from a rookie. Um, he's seven foot four trying to dribble against the best, you know, across the board, the best athletes in the world in terms of basketball. So you're going to have some issues there. Um, I think about it through one week, and I would, I think I'd like him a bit more if they had Trey Jones starting. Um, just to have an actual point guard on the floor to get him the basketball in spots where he can be at his best. And I don't know if that's always happening. I think there have been some times where he's kind of gotten looked off by guys who decide it's their time to seek out personal glory. Doesn't always work out. Did work out for Devin Vassell in the fourth quarter on Tuesday. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think, I think Wimbanyama, he's, he's, He's on the path you'd expect him to be on. Like, no one expected him to come in averaging 25, 30 a night. He's learning. He'll get better. And I really like what Alsar Thompson has done in Detroit thus far. Dan called him as a starter during the preseason. It's a great, great call there. You know, the defense that he's brought to the table. Uh, solid offensive player, too. But I think the defensive stats from a fantasy standpoint is what you really have to like about him thus far. Yeah, no, I agree. And Wembenyama, I want to point out that uh, I lost on my blocks bet on him, and then he proceeds to light it up in the blocks department the next three games. But that's how it happens. He looks great. He's going to change so many shots. And I think if you guys didn't see what Paul George was talking about in an interview about Wembenyama, and he said the fact that his wingspan's eight foot, he forces you to think about where you're going to shoot or mm -hmm. how you're going to shoot, even if he's three, four steps away from you. So – yeah, I thought Wemby's been really fun to watch so far. Dan? No, it's, it's been great. And I, I love that you brought up Wemby Yama and you got the alien hat on. It's like perfect segue. <laughs> um, yeah. 
but also, you know, I, I think I'm not worried about Wembenyama at all. If, if anything, like I feel great about his early season prospects. Like turnovers always happen for rookies, especially guys that are drawing all of the attention on defense. Robert Covington mentioned it um, after that same game, um, saying that how much defensive pressure they were putting on him. And that's something he's going to have to learn as the season progresses. And it's only going to get easier for him uh, the more that he learns this game. And um, right now, like the turnovers, they'll probably still be high. And the field goal percentage may be inconsistent, but he's still going to put up numbers. And the blocks, they're going to be random, but they're going to be there. Um, he's going to be awesome. So, yeah, I have no worries about it. I wish I had a share. I have none of him. I have more Chet. But uh, Victor Wembanyama is going to be a fun player to roster. I'm so glad you brought up Asar Thompson because – I this I, I I can't say enough good things about this dude, man. He's averaging 10 and a half rebounds on top of all those stocks. But the thing I'm actually most encouraged about, and we're going back to this buy low thing. I don't know what it is about the Pistons, man. I'm just obsessed with this team this year. But <laughs> I actually feel like there's an opportunity to buy on him because he's been so bad at shooting. But if you look mm -hmm. at the numbers, all majority of his shots come from two-point field goals, and he's just missing bunnies at the rim. He's shooting 25%, yeah. four of 16 at the rim. If he starts hitting those shots, you're looking at a double-double guy. So um, that efficiency is going to come, man. And he's still he's still confident enough to pull from three. He's attempting three, I think, three threes a game, you know, 2.8, something like that. Um, so I think there's still upside for him to be even better. And I wrote an article about him today. Um, it's my rookie report. First of the month, I'll be kind of assessing each of the rookies um, that are most notable in fantasy. And the biggest risers for me were Brandon Miller and Asar Thompson. And I think Asar Thompson can be even better once he gets that scoring together. And I think we're actually, I compared him earlier to be Sixers' Andre Iguodala. He's actually moving more quickly towards Sean Marion already from a fantasy perspective, mm -hmm. which is crazy to expect from a rookie. Yeah. Sean Marion, legendary jumper, baby. A little legendary jumper, but amazing fantasy player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he did a little bit of everything, but I uh, didn't think I'd hear that name today either. But yeah, yeah Sar Thompson, I think him and Wemby will both, once they get a little more comfortable with their shots, they'll start hitting those threes. The percentage is really better. They won't be, you know, 14 and 25% through four games like they are right, right. now, same with the turnovers. So two guys we're definitely watching. Get your, get your stock of Asar Thompson in. That's Dan's guy. He's going to be pegged him this season. We're going to get you a jersey when he finishes top 100 in fantasy. <laughs> Let, let's talk about uh, some teams and their scheduling for week two because there's a lot of teams that have three games, two games. Only the Clippers have one game for the second week of the season. But I want to hit on briefly – I don't understand why the NBA now is bringing in back-to-backs, but letting the same teams play back-to-back -back in a new city. So if you don't understand what I'm saying, the Knicks and the Cavs played last night in Cleveland, and now they play tonight in New York. That sounds so brutal, dude. Like, Why? Like, why? why you... <laughs> it makes no Come sense. On. Like, what is this? The only rationale is that well, both of you are going to be dealing with this travel nonsense and you get to play each other. So it's not like you're flying home and playing a different team that was waiting for you, what have you. So I guess that's the only rationale, but it's like, you know, back-to-backs are an issue. Um, how about instead of putting all the onus on the players, you set up the schedule to where that you don't have these back-to-backs, especially early in the season. Um, start in early October like the NHL does, you know, and I think that would alleviate a lot of these issues. And remember, it's these training staffs that are telling, that are advising coaches to not play players, advising players, you know, you may want to sit tonight. Um, so it's not all on the players, but that's kind of how the argument has been 
framed in recent years, especially with the NBA negotiating these new TV deals. They want guys out there as much as possible, yet they put together schedules that make it very difficult in some cases for guys to be as available as they want to be. Doesn't make too much sense, but I don't get paid to make those decisions. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Donovan Mitchell, I mean, like he's the perfect example that he played while he was – he's banged up on the injury report. Mm-hmm. And now you got to turn around, play again, and travel to that city. I mean, that's yeah. very hard to get your star player uh, playing when they're already down other guys as well. So, Dan, uh, any opinions on this? Or do you want to hop into uh, who you're looking at for scheduling this week? I mean, I think Raffis brings up a great point. You know, you're trying to improve the product. You institute these rest management protocols and policies and stuff. And, like, we're already a week into two weeks into the season, and the injury reports are looking like a CVS receipt. Like, mm-hmm. it's just crazy, man. Like, we just can't – we just got to get better scheduling. And it's, it's frustrating from a fantasy perspective because you get late absences like Brandon uh, Ingram that was ruled out an yeah. hour before the Pelicans mm-hmm. game started, which is, like, it's it's fine. Like, I'm all cool with, you know, players resting and getting their injury management plans together. But, like, we got to get more transparency here. Like, especially yeah. from a betting perspective, like, yeah. come on. We, we got sh- to sharpen up the, the tools here. Um, but when it comes for pickups for the rest of the week, I'm looking at the Suns. They have uh three games for the remainder of the week. They play on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, all light slate. So, you know, the Eric Gordons, the Grayson Allens, I think that those make uh really savvy pickups. I also like the Orlando Magic. They play on Thursday and Saturday. Again, you know, lighter slates. Um I think that those are probably the best streaming teams um that are available right now. Um but going into next week, I talked about Dorian Finney-Smith. The Brooklyn Nets, they play three games to close out this week as well, and then they have four games going into next week. So that's a lot of games in production that you can get from an injury-riddled team um, that you can probably scoop up some value on. So, um, yeah, Raph, any thoughts? I think Josh Green in Dallas would be an interesting guy. Um, now, they play three and four to end this week, um, kind of a uh, – Clouded, uh, crowded schedule. They get, they play tonight, and then I think Friday, Saturday, which is seven and eight games in terms of the schedule. So that's not great, but Kyrie Irving with that sprained foot, he's doubtful to play Wednesday. You know, foot injuries are nothing to play with, same with hamstrings. So I wouldn't be surprised if he only played in one of those games at most. And then next week they play four. So I think Josh Green, not going to get a prolific score, but what he can provide defensively, an adequate offense. I think he's someone to look at, especially in deeper leagues. Yeah, I like that take a lot, too. I will note that the Chicago Bulls have four games uh, this mm-hmm. week, and they also have a Friday night game at home against Brooklyn, and they go on the road to Denver the next night uh, in that altitude. So, uh, Good old schedule fan, loss. Nuggets are going to be laying like eight and a half, maybe ten yeah. and a half. Uh, and I said no NBA betting on the weekends, but I will be betting that game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the stuff I just don't understand. Like, it just doesn't make much sense to me. But I, I do like the the names of the players you guys are bringing up here. Um, a couple teams I just I, I want to talk about before we get out of here because um, I've been very impressed with the Boston Celtics. They have two games this week. I know their bench doesn't look nearly how. We want it to look, but it's expected how it looks so far. Uh, but the Lakers bench, I think the Lakers are so deep. And I think they're going to be – we should have been talking about the Lakers, not the Clippers, in my opinion. Uh, but, Rath, 
Any opinions on those two teams or anybody else that's caught your eye this week? Um, Boston's been about what I expected. Uh, you've, you've got the best defensive backcourt in the NBA, in my opinion. Um, Drew Holiday and Derek White. Christoph Porzingis, it, his transition has looked seamless thus far. Um, and obviously, you've got the two Js. Um, Al Horford is that sixth man. We'll see how that depth behind those six players develops as the season progresses. Um, Porzingis with his health issues, um, that gives you some pause, you know, if they're to lose him for an extended period. But, yeah, I really like what I've seen out of them. The Lakers, we've seen some good things. Like Torian Prince, I think he's someone that you pretty much have to have rostered right now. I know he's not the sexiest fantasy player, but he's he's starting. He's producing quite well in terms of scoring in double figures, three-pointers. So I think he's a he's a solid fantasy guy. In terms of their prospects overall, it all hinges on Anthony Davis. Like we've seen him have some dominant games already, but we've also seen him have a game where he just disappeared. You know, so if he if he's Anthony Davis that people talk about so much about this MVP caliber guy, they'll be in the conversation come late May, early June, probably. If not, yeah. You know, and you're putting it on 39, soon to be 40 year old LeBron James, and as much as as much confidence as he has in himself, as so many of us have in him, at a certain point, Father Time kind of you know settles the score, so to speak. So they really need a consistent Anthony Davis. He's he's not the little uh, the 19 year old LeBron yeah. James in that picture right there on my on my wall that I kept since I was a kid. He's uh, he's 20 years older now. That's crazy. I'm I'm 20 years older now. What is going on here? Dan, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any teams that have caught your attention through the first week of the season that you want to give a shout out to? Um, before we I get to that, I just want to go back to your Bulls comment for a second. They do play four games in six days. So one player that I actually have my eye on if you're looking for stocks. Um, Alex Caruso is averaging mm -hmm. almost three stocks a game. If you're looking for those those steals and blocks, um, definitely give him a look. I know he's popped up on the injury report, so keep a keep an eye on that. But um, I think he's someone that could actually be useful this week going into the beginning of next week. Um, and you can drop him on Tuesday, next Tuesday, if you want to. Um, teams I'm surprised about, uh, not really. I feel like much of what I expected we're kind of seeing. Um, you touched on the Boston Celtics. They're so top heavy with that starting lineup. I think from a fantasy perspective, that's great that they're all the starting the starting unit is getting all of the work. Um, because we've seen Jalen Brown struggle his first game, and then he went off the last couple of games. Jason Tatum's been consistent. Porzingis has been consistent. Derek White. So, um, I think we've we've got what we expected. I think I'm surprised at how well, um, Giannis and uh, Damian Lillard are, are kind of coming together. Chris Middleton still being brought along a little bit slowly, but I do like what what the uh, Milwaukee Bucks look like. A little bit worried about the Miami Heat and what's going on with Jimmy Butler. Um, he's getting a lot of injury maintenance right now, and uh, it seems to be his knee. He's 35 years old. Um, I don't know. They don't have a lot of depth, so I would actually be a little bit concerned about Jimmy Butler and his outlook right now. Um, Tyler Hero's getting a lot of usage, so I think that that's a player – um, that many were probably not really expecting to be as good as he is, but he's definitely playing with a chip on his shoulder right now. And as long as Jimmy's out, uh, Tyler Hero is going to be going to be cooking. So um, I think that's probably my biggest surprise is, is, is Jimmy Butler being banged up already. Yeah, a lot of uses there for for Jimmy Buckets. Um, I guess I guess he's got to go with a new look, man. The goth one wasn't it for him. It brought him injury and bad bad luck. So he's got to come <laughs> up with something else there. Yeah. Uh, but you guys. <laughs> 
did yeah. miss one important note about that something's happened through the NBA in one week. The Golden State Warriors are undefeated on the road. They yes. are three and zero away from home. <laughs> they got Sacramento at home tonight. Then they go to Oklahoma, to Cleveland, to Detroit, and to Denver. So my question to you guys, as we close out the show, will the Golden State Warriors finish with a winning road record this season, Dan? I mean, if Steph Curry is playing on this 2016 MVP level, yeah, they will. Um, Wiggins is playing, isn't playing well. Klay Thompson's already being load managed. Draymond Green's still getting integrated. This team hasn't even really showed up yet. So as much as Steph can carry them, and then you get you know the added bonus of players actually playing to expectation, this team's going to be scary. And I, I said it, you can never count out the Warriors, man. And I think the fact that they're winning on the road is already bodes well for their, their outlook this season. Raph? Yeah, I think they will. Uh, all they have to do is go 21 and 20. And I think you know, what we've seen thus far, yeah, what we've seen thus far, I think they're more than capable of doing that. Um, Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody have made solid strides in their respective games. So that strengthens the bench. Um, and on that rare night where they sit, guys, Trace Jackson Davis showed himself to be quite prepared, mm-hmm. you know, for his NBA moment down in New Orleans mm-hmm. the other night. Uh, double-double off the bench. So I think they've got good options. The depth of this team is a bit better thus far than what it was last year. Obviously, their main guys have to stay healthy. But, yeah, I think the Warriors will be a better product on the road this season than they were last year. Yeah, I think they're going to go 22-19 and on the road, 22-20, and whatever it is. (laughs) They're barely going to do it, but they're going to do it. And I think we're going to be talking a lot about Trace Jackson Davis next week because as a college basketball guy – I was all over him in the Hoosiers last season. I love me some Jackson Davis. He was the second best player in the country last year. So great show, guys, overall. A lot of great info for everybody, whether you're adding players to your roster, whether you're dropping, trading, or you're just trying to make some money, whatever the case may be. We give you great information here for Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports, Raphael Johnson of NBC Sports, and Vaughn Delzell of NBC Sports. We appreciate you guys. This was the Roto World Basketball Show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And we appreciate you. We'll see you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Tremphia.
For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.